loving, if you're loving the presence of the Lord, just lift those hands again in acknowledgement of His presence. And, and also my lifted hands so that I will obey you, Lord. I'm here to receive so that I may obey. For your instruction to me is beyond our gathering. It's not only for here, but it's for where you want to lead me and take me and what you want me to do. And if you just promise God, I'll, I'll follow you, Lord. I'll obey you. Come on, say that right there before the Lord. Lord, I will follow you. I will trust you. I will obey you. I will hear your word. I will heed your instruction. I will be faithful, Father. I will carry your light. I will demonstrate your goodness. I will speak your word in the name of Jesus. I thank you for it. I thank you for it. Once again, give your praise, amen, with your hands. How about, him out of, how about a round of applause for the throne of heaven, amen, for the king of glory, for the Lord eternal. Wow. As you remain, I know you're going to be seated in just a moment, but I, I thought it would be fitting this morning if, in fact, we were praying last week. What did we do? We should have done this three or four weeks ago, but it, just, it dawned on us that last week. I said, I don't need to do that today. I need. And the Lord put this woman of God on my heart. The person who's going to speak to you in a moment who carries the word of the Lord, you just need to understand, wow, his investment in her life to be able to deliver what she delivers. It's, it is absolutely amazing. She has been in the healing business for, for decades. Uh, the Lord gave her the capacity by the Spirit and in her heart to bring healing and wholeness and restoration to, to people's lives. And, and I, I, not only that, but he saw to it that she was raised in a household of, of, of men and women who were declarers of the word of the Lord. Her father was an amazing man of God. And God decided that he would give his daughter this incredible anointing to be able to take the word of God and feed it in such a way that the people of God would receive the benefit, the wholeness, the understanding. It's an amazing, she's an amazing, she's, a, she's an amazing communicator. Oh, if you knew the stuff she'd been through, <laughs> you know, you would just, you would actually, you would come to attention and give honor and respect to the voice that's about to speak to you. I want you to do that, for she commands that today by the presence of God. Would you please put your hands together and welcome to this podium, Dr. Margaret Weaver. Bless you,
may be seated. Praise God who alone is worthy to be praised, who alone is worthy to be exalted, who alone is worthy to be lifted up to the very highest. When I come here, I'm coming home. And my understanding is that this day is a day where we are part of celebrating the birth of Bishop Johnson. Let's thank God for his life. so many things about Bishop Johnson, but uh, have one rather recent appreciation. Uh, my mother, at 102 years of age, went to see the Lord uh, May uh, 2020, and Elder Carolyn came and Minister T. Uh, but one of the things that I remember about that time is that Bishop Johnson had insisted on FaceTiming me. So there at the service, uh, we FaceTime, and that meant so much to me. And so thank you, Bishop Johnson. As I mentioned um, before, when I come here, I feel very comfortable uh, because you all allow me to be myself and I do so appreciate that. In Psalm 30, verse five, we find these words. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Weeping may endure for a night, a night, but joy comes in the morning. Weeping may endure for a night, but the question is, how long the night? It's one thing when the night is eight, nine, ten hours. But what happens when the night is eight, nine, ten weeks? What happens when the night is 18 months? What happens when the night is 12 long years? Would you bow with me in prayer? Father, we just honor you, we glorify you, we exalt you, we magnify you, we declare that your name is worthy. We give your name praise, we thank you that you are who you are. 
awesome God, mighty God. We just bless your name. We give your name honor. And Father, I pray that with all that has been said and done and will be done this day in this place, with everything that's said and done, Father, we want your name to be glorified. And my prayer is that we will be changed, not just for a moment, but for a lifetime. It's in the precious name of Jesus that we do pray. Amen. You do not know my name. You may know my story, but you, you do not know my name. You may know my story, but you do not know my name. Oh, you know a lot of names. A lot of names in the Bible, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Ruth, Esther, Mary, you know a lot of names, but you do not know my name. Three people were given the assignment of telling my story. None of the three mentioned my name. You don't know my name but you may know my story. Matthew tells my story. Mark tells my story. Luke tells my story, but they don't tell you my name. I'm in that group of people called the certain people. A certain man, a certain woman. You don't know my name, but, but that's okay. That's okay. Because Psalm 115 1 says, Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name be the glory. So I don't care that you don't know my name. I don't care that you do not know my name. Now I don't have an extensive bio. My resume is not likely to end up in LinkedIn or anything like that. But I do have a story. And I have a story to tell. Now my story, as told by the gospel writer Mark, begins in his fifth chapter. The fifth chapter of 
Mark. Beginning with verse 25, here's how my story begins. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. Weeping may endure for a night. But what if the night is a night season? Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. I'm a certain woman. That means it's not explicit, I'm, I'm a certain woman. But there's another meaning for the word certain and another meaning for the word certain is conviction. And one of the things you would discover about this certain woman was that I had a conviction. I had a belief. Verse 25, now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. That's not good. Nothing about that is good. So I need to warn you, my, my story does not start on a very good note. This is not good. I'm a certain woman that had a flow of blood for 12 years. Say after me, verse 25. Say again, verse 25. Now some of you might be living in a kind of verse 25 right now. But I need to let you know this is not the totality of my story. This is just verse 25. There are more verses to come. So if you're living in your verse 25, hold on. Help is on the way. So don't get upset because you're at verse 25 and you're looking around and there's somebody at verse 34. If you're at verse 25, you're at verse 20, 25. But don't compare yourself to somebody who might be at verse 34. Sidebar. Some of you get involved in this comparison thing, and that's deadly. Because what you might end up doing is comparing your inside to somebody else's outside. So you're not comparing apples and apples. You're comparing your inside with how somebody, somehow somebody looks on their outside. Watch the comparisons. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years. I was sick for 12 years. 
a flow of blood for 12 years. You know, when the King James Version talks about me, they say I had an issue of blood. But let me tell you something, with this issue of blood, there were other issues as well. You see, when, when many times when someone is sick and there's an illness, there are other ramifications for that. Oh, y'all know something about that. Aren't y'all going through something called a pandemic? Where there is an illness, but an illness that has other ramifications, an illness that comes along with all kinds of other issues, political, relational, financial, interpersonal. So it wasn't just that I had this flow of blood or this issue of blood. There were some other things that went along with that. First of all, because of the Levitical law, I was considered unclean. I was considered unclean. What that meant was nobody could touch me. I'm sick and nobody can touch me. And I can't touch anybody else because the Levitical law said that I was unclean. Oh, but y'all know something about that going through the pandemic. You know something about that, people being sick and the loved ones can't get to them? At a time when they really needed some love and care and concern from a loved one. But the hospital says, no, you can't come. The nursing home says, no, you can't come. Assisted living says, you can't come. So yes, I had the issue of blood. Oh, but I had some other issues. People could not touch me because of the Levitical law. The law said I was unclean because of the nature of my illness. I was considered unclean. And you know what that meant? That meant I couldn't go to the temple. I couldn't go to the temple because I was unclean. And y'all know something about that too. Because during this pandemic, there was a time I suspect that this room was empty. In this pandemic y'all been through, yeah, you had to quarantine, be isolated for 18 months. For 18 months, for me it was 12 years. You know how stressed you were. 18 months. How awful you thought that your night was 18 months. My night was 12 years. Try that on. 
But that's verse 25. There's more to my story. Verse 26. I suffered many things from many physicians. I suffered many things from many physicians. Yes, I went to physician after physician after physician. I used the resources that I had. Now granted, they didn't help me much, but at least used the resources that I had. The physicians in my time, they didn't, they didn't have the kind of skills and wisdom that you have. So let me just suggest to you, use the resources that you do have. I went from doctor to doctor to doctor. I spent all that I had. I told you, these, some of these sicknesses, you just, it's not just the illness. I spent everything that I had going from physician to physician to physician. But I, I, I had a quality, and the quality was resilience. I was resilient. Sidebar. Bishop Johnson, I do, your, I do know your name. And I, I don't know all of your story, but one of the things that I have observed about you is your resilience. You have an amazing capacity to keep bouncing back and keep bouncing back and keep bouncing back. You're a man of great resilience. I was resilient. I, I just kept going. I, I just kept going. I just kept going. I wouldn't stop. I was frustrated, yes. I experienced discontent, yes. I was disappointed, 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 and disappointed, but I was not defeated. Disappointment is a, is a feeling. Defeatism is a state of mind. So yes, I was disappointed. Of course I was. But I was not defeated. There was something on the inside of me that just kept me going. Somehow I, I was just convinced at some time, some place, my healing would come. Now some of you might be in a night season and you've been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting, but I'm telling you, it's well worth the wait. Keep on waiting. Old people would say, night won't last all the way. If you're in your night season, just, just, just keep, just keep, just keep going. 
because things got worse for me. They, they didn't get better. But then something happened. When you keep reading about my story, when I heard about Jesus, something happened. Now, you don't know my name. But the name Jesus, I want you to remember that name. I want you to remember that name. Because he made all the difference in my life. When I heard about Jesus, I came behind him in the crowd. In the crowd. In the crowd, I'm unclean. I'm not supposed to be around crowds. I'm unclean. I'm not, you're not supposed to touch me. I'm not supposed to touch anybody. But I saw that crowd. But I heard that Jesus was coming. See, I, I was not, another quality, a characteristic that you need to keep in mind about me, uh, I was not easily intimidated. And you can see I was not intimidated by this illness. I was not paralyzed by this illness. I kept on going. I was not, I was not intimidated. And the crowd should have intimidated me because I wasn't supposed to be able to touch anybody. They weren't supposed to touch me. But on that day, I was not going to be intimidated by the crowd. Quite to the contrary. The crowd could have been my obstacle, but it turned out to be my opportunity. So something you might be thinking is your obstacle. You keep looking at that thing. Because it turned out that that obstacle may become your opportunity. So no, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't intimidated by the crowd. The crowd became my opportunity. Because you see, I had figured out and had said to myself, after all I've been through, disappointment after disappointment, disillusionment, frustration, after all I had been through, when they quote me, this is my quote, if only If only I may touch his clothes. But you're not supposed to touch his clothes. If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. After all I've been through, 
all the disappointment, all the things I've been through, something on the inside of me told me that my joy in the morning was on his way. When I heard Jesus was coming, I knew that's my joy. In the morning. He, he's my joy in the morning. I knew it. I, I knew it as soon as I heard he was coming. If I may just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. Now he was busy. Yeah, he was busy. You see, there was this man called Jairus. He was a ruler of the synagogue. A very, very important man. You read the word. He was a very, very, very important man. Very important man. But his daughter was sick unto death. And so all these people were gathered around Jesus and Jairus because they were going to Jairus's house so that Jesus could heal Jairus's daughter and so there's all this crowd and they're on their way to Jairus's house but in the middle of all of this Jesus stopped and the reason he stopped was because I touched the hem of his garment. And the word says that when I touched the hem of his garment, power left him. When I touched the hem of his garment, only two people knew that something was going on. That's me and Jesus. Nobody else knew what was going on, just me and Jesus. But don't you know that's okay? That's okay. Sometimes it just needs to be you and Jesus. Just you and Jesus. That's enough. It was enough for me. Power left him. His power came unto me. And I experienced healing. It wasn't even supposed to be about me. It was supposed to be about Jairus. Y'all know his name. But don't you know every time they tell my story, where Matthew tells it, where Mark tells it, and where Luke tells it, they talk about Jairus, but they can never talk about Jairus without talking about me. They can't even finish Jairus' story without talking about me. Now, y'all know his name. You don't know by name. But every time they tell his story, they got to tell my story. Because I come right in the middle of his story. They call me the certain woman. But they don't get to finish Jairus' story. They can't finish his story without telling mine.
Look at what happened. Verse 29. In the New King James Version, it says, Immediately the fountain of my blood was dried up. And I felt in my body that I was healed of the affliction. Immediately. It was my faith. It was my faith. Sidebar. Bishop Johnson, one thing that's been very clear to me about you, you like this woman. She was not intimidated. You're a man who's not intimidated. I've observed that about you're not intimidated. And you are a man of great faith. So on your birthday, I celebrate you because you're a man of resilience. You're not intimidated. And you're a man of faith. God healed me. Jesus healed me. But you know, this is what I had expected. This is what I expected. I expected that I would go somehow touch the hem of his garment and be healed. And then I would kind of slip away in the crowd and go about my business. All I wanted was to be healed. That's all I wanted. Just, just, just let me touch the hem of his garment. I'll be healed of the affliction. And I could just kind of slip away into the crowd and go about my business. But sidebar. Don't you know that God can do more than what you expect? He can do more than what you expect. You see, you might be expecting something on this level. But the God and Jesus that I know will give you exceeding abundantly above all that you could ever ask or think according to the power that worketh in you. God can do more than what you expect. That's the kind of God he is. This woman just wanted a healing in her body. Oh, but God had something else in mind. He had something. See, she knew she was going to get healed in her body. That was not up for question. Because she said it. If I but touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. That was, that was not an issue for her. Twelve years, yes, but it wasn't an issue for her. She had that kind of faith. But, but no, it, 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 my, my story, my story's not over yet. L look at verse 30. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? 
And when I heard that, I started trembling. I was afraid. I hadn't counted on this. All I wanted to do was touch the hem of his garment and go about my business. I just assumed that everybody just going to go into Jairus's house and all. I, I, I didn't see this coming. But Jesus said, who touched my clothes? Well, then I didn't know what to do. I, I didn't know what to do. Verse 31, but his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see me who had done this thing. But I was fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to me. And so what I did was I came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. Sidebar, but, but, but God will do more than what you expect. You see, you may think you need one kind of healing. But see, what the Lord does, he'll give you one kind of healing and then make you realize that you need more than one kind of healing. You need a second, maybe a third, maybe even a fourth kind of healing. I just didn't expect it. I, 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 didn't, I didn't realize the, the, the toll that those 12 years had taken on me. I, I didn't realize. I didn't realize how, how it taken so much of a toll on me to be isolated and restricted. Looked at in strange ways. I didn't realize that. I didn't realize the, the toll. I, I've been so you know, busy you know, trying to get my healing going here. I didn't know just how much it bothered me to be looked at as unclean. But Jesus did. So then my second healing came. Do you know when my second healing came? I'll tell you when my second healing came. You can see it in verse 34. My second healing came when he said, daughter. That's when my second healing came. Can you imagine what that was like for me? Oh yeah, everybody was all excited about Jairus's daughter. It's wonderful, I'm sure, to be Jairus's daughter because he was the ruler of the synagogue. 
But do you know who called me daughter? The one who at his name every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord. That same Jesus looked at me. He called me daughter. He called me daughter. He said, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Some of you may need a second healing. Some of you may need Jesus to call you daughter. Some of you may need for Jesus to call you son. If you need Jesus, if you need the Father to call you daughter, if you need the Father to call you son, why don't you meet me here? If you need him, to call you daughter. If you need him to call you son, there's a healing. There is a healing. that comes when he says to you, daughter, when he says to you, son. Some of you may never have had a father to call you daughter. Some of you may, not, may never have never had anyone a father to call you son. He's calling you daughter. He's calling you son. Just one word from him 
can revolutionize your life. He doesn't have to say a whole lot. He doesn't have to go on and on and on. He doesn't have to say a whole lot. He doesn't have to. Just one word. Just one word. Bow with me in prayer. Father, Father, oh how sweet it is just to call you Father. You're our Father. Father, some of us, because of various experiences, we've never really, some of us have never really experienced the true love of a father. You've always been there, but we didn't always know it. So, Father, Father God, I ask that you would speak now to your daughters. May they feel and experience being your daughters, even down into the deep inner recesses of their being. And then, Father, may these your sons experience sonship from you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We are your daughters and your sons. Thank you for how you're healing us. Some of us have been treated as if we were unclean. Some of us have experienced abuse, misuse, misunderstanding. But just one word from you. Just one word from you. Daughter. to repeat after me. Repeat after me. Father, 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 I am yours. 
am yours. May I experience the true meaning of fatherhood. May I experience from you what it really means to have a father. Father, you know the hurts, you know the pains, you know the things that your children have experienced. But my prayer is that from this time forth, that these your children, that we your children, will indeed understand what it means to be your daughter. To be your son. It's in the precious name of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that we pray.